Network. Where do you begin? Seriously, where do you begin to understand what's happening in the last 18 months? Life in this world is beginning to look like the director's cut of Lord of the Rings. Indescribable torment, tyranny, and it just never ends. Okay, let's take a moment. Separate fact from Hollywood. For that, you need the truth. DNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. We got a pocket full of facts that we're going to share with you this morning. Good body, good morning, good body, good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. Another day to be together with some of the greatest people on the planet. We at Truth News Network, we love you guys. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being here. Thank you for caring enough about our country, our fellow men and women and all of those people that are in our circles of life and also those that are outside our circles. You care about that. That's all that's important. We're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And not only do we need to do that, we need to let them know what's going on. Let them know that you love them. You're going to run into probably in a normal day, if you're an American, you're probably going to run in face-to-face every day at least 75 individuals. Now, I'm not talking about people you rub shoulders with, you know, just walking down the street. I'm talking about people you interact with. You don't even think about it all the time, and very seldom do we think about it. But you come face-to-face with a lot of people, and as big as our personal problems are, And I don't in any way diminish troubles and problems that we have, heartaches and unexplainable things. You know, those bombs that drop into the middle of the day when you get a call from your kid and said, Mom, somebody plowed into my car in the parking lot at school. Those kind of things. You know what I'm talking about. Those things are going to happen. We need to be armed. We need to be ready for any of the bombs that are thrown into our pathways every day. And just remember this. Whenever you're tempted to really feel horrible about your personal life, just know this. There's somebody else within a block of you that's life is much horrible, much more horrible than yours and mine. Be thankful. Be thankful. Wow. I stayed up almost all night last night. You know, what's interesting. I don't know if you realize this or if you're aware of it, but Fox News, they stay live all night long. They have a crew that does news. They have the, the evening talk show repeats. And I guess those, those began right after Gutfeld goes off, you know, the nation's number one nighttime talk show <laughs> on a cable network. <laughs> Gutfeld. He's a piece of work. He's a funny guy. But anyway, after his show, there'll be a repeat of Jesse Waters and Tucker and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. And then there's live news all night long. And I happened to have a problem sleeping last night. So I got up and I went and did some work. And then when the news stuff came on, not the repeats of the shows, I didn't watch the the evening shows last night on Fox. I I very seldom will watch all of them. 
I'll catch a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one. And sometimes, you know, you just leave the leave it on in the background. But anyway, I was up. And it was a big deal because President Biden made a grandiose appearance leaving Ukraine and going to Poland. And I watched the whole, oh my gosh, it was it, it was like the king is coming. They rolled out the red carpet in Warsaw, Poland for our president. And the whole time, he was walking with the president of Poland and they had military, it was, it was almost kind of funny if it wasn't, that it was sad, they had a great military presence, all these military officers and men in the Polish army, they were all standing in line and they literally had a red carpet that went around this huge square and the military members lined the square. And the president of Poland and our uh, president just walked along that carpet and it was, I guess in a way, for the Polish people to acknowledge and honor our president. But it really looked to me like it was supposed to be giving our president a chance to see what Poland has at the top of the heap in the way of military. Folks, Joe Biden didn't have a clue. Nobody was standing with him walking other than the the president of Poland. He didn't know what to do. You could tell it. You could tell it, and it took maybe 15, 20 minutes for them to walk this procession around. And then I I had to leave that and do some work, and I came back later, and they were in a meeting room around this monstrous table. And I'm not sure who was at the table. I know our Secretary of State wasn't there. I don't know who was there in Biden's cabinet, if anybody. Anthony Blinken's in Greece, Secretary of State. I saw him live this morning. That was special for me. But I was ashamed and embarrassed. And I watched the president of Poland. Of course, they didn't have an interpreter on there for the television stuff. It was just news going on. But they would every once in a while flash over there and you'd see a little snippet of that big table. The president of Poland sitting on one side of the table with his entourage Joe Biden sitting on the other side of the table with his entourage, not a single face that I recognize. And so our president sat there looking across the table, and it almost looked like he went went to sleep when the president of Poland was speaking. And then when it came to Joe Biden's turn, you know what he did? He had his note cards, and he looked down at the table in his note cards, and he read, I guess it was a 10-minute speech. No eye contact, no looking around the table. It was like, I, I remember when we were doing the reading thing, and like, you know, we were really getting into reading in the fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. We started reading in first grade, but, you know, I mean, when we were really getting into it, we'd do something in class, and the teacher would call on somebody to read. And most of the people that read, they sounded kind of like they were talking, not reading. You know what I mean? And there was this one guy, and he did what President Biden did. He looked down at what he was reading. He didn't look up, and you couldn't hear much of what he said because he was talking into the book laying on top of his desk. 
That was President Biden. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Let me tell you how embarrassed it was. Three, four o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting in a chair watching this, nobody around watching it, and my face turned red. I started thinking about it. This is the president of the greatest country on earth, and he acts like he's a seventh grader that's been called on to read a passage from a book. And when he got finished, he kind of put the index cards down on the table and he looked around and everybody in the Biden entourage, you could feel them, oh no, oh no, he's going to be off message. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? And he launched into about a two or three minute little, you're important to us. We've got to have you in the EU. We don't know what would have happened if Poland hadn't been here to help in this fight against the invaders, the Russians in your neighboring Ukraine. It was fluff. Thank God he didn't try to get into anything meaningful. But what I came away with was our president, who is going to run in 2024, hadn't formally announced, but he's running. In a little bit on the show, I'll tell you how I know that. Something happened yesterday that leaked out that wasn't supposed to leak out. I bet that shocks you. Something got away from Joe Biden's White House and into the purview of the American people. <laughs> you know, when that happens, we get the truth instead of the uh, fluff from the Democrat Party in the leftist media. Pause with me for a second. Just for a minute. Sitting in a traffic jam, 11.52 p.m. Just a few miles south of Cincinnati, Ohio. I take my pen and start to write The thoughts that fill my head tonight Nothing terribly profound Just these simple words They keep my heart anchored down They keep my restless heart anchored down I do, I do, I do, I do believe
you pick that song, Dan? Simple title, I Do Believe. I'm just kind of kicking off what's going to be a wonderful, amazing 10 days, leaving to go to Israel. And while I'm there, in fact, this weekend, I am going to be baptized by my big brother in the Jordan River. If you're a Christian, you know what a big deal that is. I'm 69 years old. I've never been in all my travels, and I've been all over. I've never been to Israel. I've been in the Middle East. I went to Muscat Oman. I know you know where where that is. I went there twice. That's business stuff. But I'm going to be where Jesus walked. And I'm going to be baptized in the same river that he was baptized in by his cousin, John the Baptist. And the fact that Denny Duran, who was my foster older brother, is the one that's going to dunk me. (laughs) I do believe. (laughs) Wow. Well, listen, don't worry about missing anything at TNN Live nor articles being published, along with a bunch of pictures. You're going to be able to see at truthnewsnet.org every day some of the things that I saw the previous day. Now, it's kind of cool regarding the show TNN Live. They are eight hours ahead of us. So what does that mean? It means that I'm going to be able to do TNN Live live. Yeah, that's right. When we finish our travels, not travels, but going through and looking at things, you know, like little bitty things like uh, going to the Wailing Wall, uh, going up Golgotha, you know, that Calvary thing where Jesus was crucified, (laughs) some of that stuff, Dead Sea, yeah, Dead Sea, Red Sea, going to Jordan, let's see, we get to Tel Aviv, oh, we take off tomorrow night, yada, yada, yada. It'll be in your Thursday night. We'll go to Jordan and uh, do the Dead Sea, the Red Sea. And then on Saturday, we go to Jerusalem. Wait a minute. Sunday, we go to Jerusalem. I'm mixed up. But anyway, we'll be in Jordan. And uh, then we'll be in we'll be in Jerusalem for the rest of the 10 days. Well, nine days because uh, we're going to have to catch a flight to come home. I get mixed up on the days, but it's going to be all about biblical history. And we're going to walk where Jesus walked. We're going to eat where Jesus ate. Now, let me tell you the spooky thing. We're going down in the, the, uh, down below ground. You know, that was a big thing down there, but there's a archway that is famously known biblically to being uh, a place where Jesus walked through quite a bit. And I was just thinking about this. I'm going to stop and put my hand up on the doorway, going that archway, and I'm going to wonder if Jesus put his hand there. As you can tell, (laughs) I'm pretty psyched. I'm excited about it. Our interview with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, right now it's still in limbo. And here's a reason why. He just recently published a book, very, I mean, it's already a bestseller. And uh, he's doing some uh, Israel and Jordan tours. 
And you got to remember it's a big deal over there because there are a lot of people in a lot of those Midwest, Middle, uh, Middle East, I said Midwest, Middle East countries that aren't real fond <laughs> about Benjamin Netanyahu. So he's getting out doing things on the book too. And I'm, what I'm hoping is if I do not get to sit across the desk from him and interviewing him live on TNN Live, I'll be able to get with him by phone and have that on the show while we're over there. So keep your fingers crossed. Say a little prayer. I think it'd be good for everybody to hear from Benjamin Netanyahu, not on a network news show, but on a show like TNN Live where we can just shuck the corn and talk man-to-man. I am excited about it. So you're not going to miss anything. I'll be here tomorrow, a special Thursday. Now listen to this. Way back in May, May 20th, of 2020, you know, right at the beginning of COVID-19, Anthony Fauci had already crawled up and was sitting on the COVID God throne in the White House every day telling us all, I'm the COVID God. Here's what you do. And then the next day he would say, I'm the COVID God. Don't do what I said yesterday, but do this instead. You remember all that crud we went through? Well, you've heard me talk about Dr. Judy Mikovits. She was a partner to Tony Fauci. Yeah, he was a doctor then, but nobody called him Dr. Fauci. They called him Tony because he was a little rug rat in the early 90s. And he was a vaccine guru, self-appointed. They worked together all the way through the HIV stuff. And you remember the medications, all that that came out? That was Dr. Fauci-induced. His research lab partner, another doctor, Dr. Judy Mikovits. And uh, you'll hear more about it because she's, that whole show is coming back on Thursday. Let me tell you this. I'll give you a preview for those of you that most of you weren't here. You're going to hear her and you'll have to ask yourself every few paragraphs, is she talking today? Is this live? You know why? She predicted before any of it happened exactly what Anthony Fauci was going to have the nation doing. She talked about the fear factor. She talked about the fact that nothing that was being manufactured in a test tube or anything at the time would be capable to control COVID-19 infections. But she said they're going to, he's going to shove it out in the marketplace and people are going to get vaccinated because of fear. She predicted everything. It's it's amazing. It's a two-hour interview with Dr. Judy Mikovits. You're not going to want to miss it. And if you can't hear it live on Thursday's show, make sure you go and get the podcast afterwards. It'll be something you want to download and save and share it with other people. She was incredible. Now, one of the big things was she got into a legal battle with Anthony Fauci over a paper that she wrote, a very detailed, exhaustive laboratory paper, and she was about to publish it in her name, and that's a big deal. The Lancet, which is the Bible for everything to do with medicine, they were going to publish it. It was going to expose a lot of unknown things. Fauci demanded 
because she and he both were working at uh, the NAIAD, NIAID. He was the boss. He demanded she give it to him. And why? Because he was going to let another person in their group take credit for it all and publish it. She refused to do it. Late one night, middle of the night, front door of their home kicked in. It was SWAT all the way. But none of the people that came in her house dressed top to bottom like SWAT, they wore no identification. They handcuffed her. They ransacked their home, put her in the back of one of those big SWAT trucks, unmarked and took her away, blindfolded, to a jail. She knew she was in a jail, no idea where they were. They kept her for day after day after day, no contact with the outside. It was all over Anthony Fauci demanding that paper. A week or so later, they cut a deal with her, and the deal was she gave up the paper. But the other deal was a gag order. She couldn't speak to anybody. She couldn't tell anybody about this. And when the gag order expired, the first place she came to tell her story was TNN Live. She talks about that too, so you don't want to miss it. But between now and then, folks, we have a bunch to talk about. The world still turns. And yes, the Russians or still in Ukraine. (laughs) Back at home, (laughs) we have the most amazing debacle going on in a little bitty town on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania. And it's just unbelievable what's going on. And it's even more unbelievable what's not going on, what should be going on. In the Biden administration, nothing. Our transportation secretary hadn't bothered to show up. It's like nothing's happening there. It's if you don't talk about it, it means there's nothing going on. These people in East Palestine, Ohio, are going crazy. They don't know what to do. Their local government, their state government, the federal government are telling them, oh, the water's clean, the air's clean. We tested it over and over and over again. And yet they look at, look at the water, and it's got a chemical sheen on the top of it. Fish are dying. Animals are dying. But the Biden administration and everybody else in government in that chain, oh, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. So Biden's all over the Middle East. He's all over Europe. Antony Blinken's down in Greece, the Secretary of State. Where, oh, where is the Secretary of Transportation? You would think this would be the person in the government that would, you know, when there's a bad train wreck and chemicals are just destroying this community. People haven't started dying yet, but you know what? When animals start dying, breathing the same air and drinking the same water, you would think it's just a matter of time and some humans are going to get sick. And, and, you probably be, you hear me saying this, you'd be tempted to say, well, why don't I just leave town? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? 
I mean, very few people. Think about you. If that happened to you, could you just flip a switch at your house and leave for maybe an indefinite time because they haven't got that cleaned up, they being Biden's Environmental Protection Agency. They should be right in the middle of it. The Department of Transportation should be. It was a railway derailment that dumped all these chemicals. Transportation Secretary hadn't gone. President Biden hadn't gone. He decided it was more important for him to go to Ukraine to tell Volodymyr Zelensky, I'm giving you some more money, buddy. We're all the way up to $113 billion. And I had to come over here to make sure we're still doing that deal and that you're not going to talk about anything that happened with Hunter. You know my son. You remember him. Oh, yeah. That Hunter Biden stuff, it started way before Volodymyr Zelensky was in office and afterwards, and Donald Trump was president, and Joe Biden was not doing anything but moving into his four new beach houses that he was able to buy mysteriously. He wasn't even vice president any longer. Where did he get all that money? Well, Zelensky knew everything and knows everything. I think there may be a little, Mr. President, if you don't do this, I'm going to talk. Don't know that, but there are too many pieces that have come together to believe. All of, most of, some of what's on the infamous laptop from hell is true. And, it, and I don't know it all. I've seen a bunch. I saw a bunch. I saw part of the original stuff. It scared the poo out of me. There are a lot of people, if this comes out and really gets prosecuted, which as long as Biden's involved, you know, he's going to have uh, the secretary, Homeland Security, Justice Department, have them all locked in, and they'll be preaching the company line. They're not going to let any of this get out. Even when it gets out, if it gets out, there will be no prosecution. I mean, the FBI is going to get him. Who, who's the boss of the FBI? Christopher Ray. Who does he work for? Joe Biden. Well, the Department of Justice, you know, the Attorney General, they're going to go get him. Well, who is that? It's Merrick Garland. Who who, who, who hired him? Uh, Joe Biden. He works for Joe Biden. He's not going to prosecute any of this. And sadly, if, in fact, all of it comes out and the world sees it, and there's criminality, gross criminality. I don't care what it is or how big it is. Even if Hunter Biden gets charged with anything, his daddy will pardon him. No accountability, none, in this administration for anybody that is a Democrat. Yeah, you want to wade into this stuff right now or you want to breathe before we do? Let's go ahead and let me give you the dirty skinny that has come out, come out of Russia with our president being just a few few doors down the road. Vladimir Putin announced in a two-hour speech 
last night. The unilateral suspension of the long-standing new START agreement that the United States and Russian nuclear development describing the West's support for Ukraine in this ongoing Russian invasion, he declared, it's all an existential threat to Russia. Think about that, two hours. He took the time to talk about his claim that this administration of the current Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is neo-Nazi in its ideology. And he took time to denounce what he called perversion and spiritual catastrophe in the West. That would be talking about us in the U.S. Perversion and spiritual catastrophe here. He spent some focused time condemning the Anglican Church for allegedly considering the idea of a gender-neutral God. Now, this is a commie. (laughs) This is a communist. And he's preaching to us about gender transition and gender identity. (laughs) The leader of Russia. Now, he made the, it, it was his State of the Union address, which the Constitution of Russia demands that he delivers once a year at least. He's not delivered the speech for nearly two years. Since April of 2021, he hadn't done it. And he announced a delay then in public appearances, including he postponed his traditional end-of-year marathon press conference in December late last year. Didn't have it. When they invaded Ukraine, that began in 2014. Did you hear that? It began in 2014, but it escalated through a special military operation that was announced February last year to a full-scale national attack on the country. Took up most of Putin's speaking time. I mean, he's possessed by Ukraine. He insisted his administration did everything possible, really everything possible, to solve this problem by peaceful means. But according to him, Western powers did not allow Ukraine to accept that resolution. He didn't appear to include Russia's invasion in the colonization of Crimea back in 2014. That's when the Ukraine split at the behest of Russia really all began. Got no significant response from the administration of then-President Barack Obama in his analysis of the ongoing invasion of Crimea. I want to repeat this. This is Putin saying, it was they who unleashed the war, and we used force to stop it. Now, in this speech, Putin decided to announce an end to the New START agreement, a treaty passed under Obama. Putin said this, I'm forced to announce today that Russia is suspending its participation in the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. And he accused us, the United States and the greater West, the greater West for him is everybody west of his western border. You go west, cross the ocean, there we are. We're all lumped together in the West. And he accused us of attempting to eliminate the existence of Russia 
as a whole. The West uses Ukraine as a ram against Russia, he said. The Western elite does not conceal their goal, which is to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia. It means to finish us forever and grow a local conflict into global opposition, he warned. This is exactly how we understand it all, and we will react accordingly, because in this case, we are talking about the existence of our country. Now, this new start, it took effect back in February of 2011, and under a proposal by President Joe Biden, eagerly embraced in Moscow, extended it through 2026. What the deal does is it limits the numbers of nuclear weapons both sides can deploy, and it forced the U.S. and Russia to, at least on paper, maintain an equal number of strategic nuclear weapons. As described by the State Department, the treaty requires, here's, here's what it requires. Now, you may spit out your false teeth when you realize how many nukes there are. It's limiting 700 deployed intercontinental ballistic missiles, ICBMs. 700, 700. Each of us have 700 intercontinental ballistic missiles. It deployed submarine-launched ballistic missiles and deployed heavy bombers equipped for nuclear armaments. You can't have any more than 1,550 nuclear warheads on those ICBMs and deployed heavy bombers equipped for nuclear armaments like heavy bomber is counted as one warhead toward the limit. 800 deployed and non-deployed ICBM launchers, launchers of other missiles, and heavy bombers equipped for nuclear armaments. You remember the orange man, President Donald Trump? You remember him? He was a stern critic of this new agreement, reportedly raising the issue in his first call with Putin as president back in 2017. Trump publicly demanded a new agreement that also includes China. Of course, both China and Russia, they enthusiastically rejected including China in the deal. It's a one-sided deal. Like all the other deals we make, it's a one-sided deal. It gives them things that we should have never allowed, Trump said. Just another bad deal that the country made, whether it's start whether it's the Iran deal, which is one of the bad, worst deals ever made. Our country only made bad deals internationally. We don't make them good. So we're going to start making good deals. So just for a moment, think back. During those years, when Trump failed to negotiate a new agreement, including China, Beijing capitalized on not being tethered to any limits and they dramatically increased their nuclear stockpile, particularly at the height of the COVID panic. Putin claimed in a speech last night that American government officials were considering restarting nuclear tests, necessitating the suspension of the agreement. He didn't name any officials allegedly considering this or offer any evidence for the allegation. In this situation, 
in the wake of the ideas in the U.S. to conduct nuclear weapon tests that he thinks is under consideration. He said, in this situation, the Defense Ministry of Russia should be ready for testing Russian nuclear weapons. Naturally, we will not be the first to do that, but if the United States conducts the test, we will also carry them out. Another thing in his speech, he bemoaned the spiritual catastrophe of the West. Listen to how he defined it. He's talking about us. He said, they distort historical facts and constantly attack our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and other traditional religions of our country. Look at what they do with their own peoples, the destruction of the family, cultural and national identity, perversion, and the abuse of children are declared the norm. And priests are forced to bless same-sex marriages. As it became known, the Anglican Church plans to consider the idea of a gender-neutral God. Millions of people in the West understand they are being led to a real spiritual catastrophe, he claimed. I guess, I guess he reads Twitter and he watches MSNBC and CNN. Here's the leader of Formulist Red Communist. He was part of the old Soviet unions. He was a KGB agent. Communism, communist to the bone. And he's talking about the United States of America turning away from Christianity. Our actions, we're destroying the family. We're putting the culture and cultural and national identity away, embracing perversion and the abuse of children. And he said this statement, and I'll quit when this is Russia's president. He said, perversion and the abuse of children are declared the norm in the West. And of course, most of the television news departments in our nation, I'm talking about ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, they'll ignore this part of what he said. Ah, oh, he's just, you know, he's, he's yesterday's news. He doesn't know anything about us. He does, folks. And all he has to do is watch, look, and listen. That's what any of us need to do. Pay attention. A former communist KGB guy who happens to be the president of Russia, he's nailed it. And he's dead right. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery. So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie? Yep. Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary.
playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out together. Again, Dan Newman. Let me warn everybody. Don't be tempted to diminish what's happening in Ukraine. Be open about what you hear. You're going to hear a lot. You'll hear a lot here at TNN Live, I promise. But there's a difference in what you're going to hear out there and what you hear here. We're going to tell you stuff is factual. Or we're going to tell you this is out there and we want you to know about it. We've been unable so far to prove its veracity, but we want you to know it's out there. Don't get scared. We're digging into it. We're going to exhaust our significant news and research, we're going to do that. If it's real, we're going to find out. If it's not, we're going to find out, but we're going to keep you posted on what's going on out there. In our second hour today, our great friend Steve Baker is going to join us at the top of the second hour. He and I are going to visit about some of these things. Make sure whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing it, you need to be here. And of course, I don't want you to leave ever. Talking about what this Ukraine-Russia stuff, how big a deal it is. Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard. You know, she was a Democrat. She was in Congress. She's from Hawaii. Long military background. I mean, and she's a trooper. She's well-spoken. And she never drank the Kool-Aid of the far left, thank God. But she she ran, if you remember, for president against Joe Biden and that bevy of people that were up on stage. And she took Kamala Harris apart in a debate. You remember that? I mean, she ripped Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris didn't have anything she could say in response. But she's a by-the-book person. Tucker... Tucker and uh, 
Tulsi Gabbard got together talking about what this Ukraine thing may turn into. I wanted you to hear their conversation. Tulsi Gabbard is a former member of Congress, a former presidential candidate, and one of the very few people in the world who went on television after this invasion a year ago and said, this could get really dangerous. You were right. And now that China is aligning with Russia and supporting the Russian war effort effectively against us, this seems like a massive turning point. Well, you, you heard it from Zelensky himself talking about the consequences of World War III. The thing is, he has made very clear that that's where he thinks we are already, that we are in World War III. Ukraine is the tip of the spear. And this is how he justifies demanding, making demands of the United States and all of these NATO countries to equip him with all of the weapons and aircraft and tanks that the United States and NATO have to go and fight this war that we are in against Russia. Uh, he is doing everything that he can to bring us and NATO into this war, directly into conflict uh, with Russia. You remember when their uh, Ukrainian defense missile defense system unfortunately had a missile that went into Poland and killed two civilians on a farm. What did Zelensky say? His very first thing, first person on camera saying, hey, this is a direct attack against the NATO ally. U.S. and NATO, you must go and attack. You must go and attack Russia. Uh, the scary thing to me, Tucker, is to hear people like Zelensky, to hear Democrats and Republicans in the United States Congress and Biden administration officials speak so calmly and with a straight face about World War III, exactly. how would it be won? How would we respond to the use of tactical nuclear weapons? What are our options in this battlefield? Forgetting what Ronald Reagan said when he said a nuclear war cannot be won and therefore should never be fought. This World War III, this path that we are on, unless we change course, it will result in nuclear war. You have all of the nuclear armed countries in the world on this path towards a head-on collision. May I just ask you a really quick question? So Zelensky, who I think this country has borne with great patience actually for the last year, has repeatedly said, I've got a border dispute with my neighbor, Russia. You live thousands of miles away, you're not connected. But because of that border dispute and their invasion, of the eastern half of my country, your whole family could die, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Why, why aren't Americans rising up as one and saying, you're suggesting it's okay that my family dies? No, it's not okay. Off the stage. Like, what? why are we putting up with this, honestly? You know, you, you look at the lies that the American people are being told by President Biden, by Mitch McConnell, by these warmongers in both parties, selling this lie that this is about defending freedom and democracy, and as he said, there's no greater threat to that democracy than this fight against this war against Russia. They are the ones who are undermining our democracy. They oh, are yeah. the ones who are denying the American people our constitutional right to have a say whether or not we go to war or not. It is, it is an affront to the Constitution and every single American, and we should all be raising hell about this because it is our future, the future of the world that's at stake. I agree. I mean, how much weed are people smoking? This this is a real issue. This is not one of the fake it issues, is. you know, that we... There, we there is no about. more real issue than this. Oh, I agree. I agree. Tulsi Gabbard, thanks so much for joining us Thanks, tonight. Tucker. A former Democrat. She's independent. She left the party, but she's not a member of the uh, Republican Party. But obviously, she leans very conservative. A military officer, and she served in the mid Middle East... I'm talking about Iraq. <laughs> she was in the middle of it all. She was living in the middle of what our government just likes to do, it seems. 
We like to go to war and go invade, and we do it in the name of protecting freedom, liberty, and justice for all. Let me just throw a little bomb out there for you to listen to. I want you to digest this. We're looked at by most people on the planet Earth as being uppity, arrogant, tyrannical. And people overseas, many people, not not, not everybody, but a lot of people that are in the free world, I'm talking about places like the countries in the European Union, they consider us to be arrogant, haughty, and we just go in and invade places. We just go in and take power away from citizens and governments and nations with whom we disagree. That's a consideration of millions of people. Now again, on the other end of that spectrum, there are tons of people, millions of people that look at the United States still as the light shining on the hill for everybody to try to get there. And therefore we have this continual flood of illegals that are coming into our nation and absolutely changing the face of the nation because we have a president, we have an administration, we have a political party. They don't give a rip about the law. They don't give a rip about what our history is and how and why there are so many people that look at us as the shining light on the hill. And it can't be maintained. And here we go again. We did it in places like Vietnam and South Korea, North Korea, South Korea, that conflict. We did it in Iraq. President George W. Bush and his dad, George H. Bush, they had a bone to pick. They had a bone to pick with the leadership in Iraq. We fought two wars because of that. And George W. Bush, Bush 43, he was convinced we needed to go in and remove Saddam Hussein. I'll never forget how, when it first happened, he called out that name, Saddam, Saddam. He he couldn't get it right. But one thing was certain. We had to go over there and take our political party, our structure, and make it happen in Iraq. Make those people free people. We needed to create capitalism. And everything, all of the thinking then was because everybody in the world wanted to be a capitalist. We were capitalists, and look at what we were able to do. The people in large in the Middle East don't want our style of government. They don't want our religion structure. And I'm not talking about I'm, talk, now I'm not talking about personal feelings on God and religion. I'm talking about the formal structure of the Muslim church and the whole religion of Islam. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the structure of a nation's government. And we failed desperately. Thousands of our citizens were slaughtered on the battlefield needlessly for the whims of some government leaders. And a few of those are still hanging around. Tulsi Gabbard, 
mentioned Mitch McConnell by name. The minority leader in the Senate, been around for a long time. He's married to a Chinese national who comes directly from one of the largest Chinese communist government corporations. That's her dad. And he's a globalist. And yet he is the Republican leader in the United States Senate. War is not what we need to be in. And listen, my whole perspective in the last 10 years about that has changed 180 degrees. When I was in my 30s and 40s and 50s, I was full of piss and vinegar. I mean, I wanted to slay anybody that disagreed with any of our stuff in the United States, the way we live, our lifestyle, our government. Don't you dare think about coming after us or doing anything to us. We're the United States of America. I mean... 9-11, I was right there. I watched the whole thing in my office. Tears running down my face as those two towers fell. And we were told it was Saddam Hussein. That was the first invasion, per se. 9-11, that was the other guy, (laughs) We had two tyrants that we had to go get. And guess what? We got them both. We tried to straighten out the mess in the countries that we, based upon our definition, were wrong. And we went over there and we expected all of those people that lived in those countries, those Middle East countries, that we were messing with, to look at us as the saviors of the world. And it was exactly opposite. They looked at us as the invaders. When all of that came to light, and even when the Twin Towers fell, more and more, it looks like our government had something to do with all of that. And that's frightening to me. I could stay there all day and give you opinions and all that kind of stuff, but we're not going to do that. News this morning in the wake of all of this The European Union, you know, all those countries other than Britain, England, they claim, the EU does, that they have warned communist China that if China supplies arms to Russia, it would cross a red line and have consequences. Joseph Borrell, the European Union's grandiosely titled High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. I can't even pronounce his title, let alone his name. He had a meeting with Wang Yi, the director of the Office of Central Foreign Affairs Commission of the Chinese Communist Party. I asked him not to do that in expressing not only our concern but the fact that for us it would be a red line in our relationship. He was adding comments reported by Politico. Now, the European Union is itself very deeply involved in the conflict in Ukraine, funding, arming, and training Ukrainian forces. He told me they're not going to do it, that they don't plan to do it. adding that Brussels, which is the headquarters of the EU, will remain vigilant with respect 
to Sino-Russian relations. The foreign minister for Sweden currently holds the rotating presidency of the European Council, concurred that if China supplies Russia with arms, it would definitely have consequences, of course. He's perhaps cognizant of the relative irrelevance to the world affairs of his country, not even a NATO member, unlikely to become one until it submits to Turkish demands on enforcing de facto blasphemy laws, adding that his government was standing side by side with the United States on that message. Never forget who's the real threat to the world, a spokesman for Xi Jinping said, talking about, of course, the invasion of Ukraine, sharing an infographic sarcastically entitled USA Bombing List, the Democracy World Tour listing our military interventions that I just talked to you about. Blinken, our guy, you know, Secretary of State, he's in, while Joe Biden was in Ukraine and Joe Biden's in Poland, Antony's down in Greece. You know, they got a war pending down there. We need to get down there. Now, Blinken's there, and he said, while there, China, while officially opposed to the war, has been engaged in providing rhetorical, political, diplomatic support to Russia. Indeed, Breitbart Europe has reported shortly after Russia's full-scale invasion of its neighbor, way back in February 2022. It's been a year since Putin invaded Ukraine. Anyway, Breitbart News learned how Chinese Deputy Foreign Minister Zhou Lijian has responded to the attack by saying people should never forget who's the real threat to the world and sharing a meme image of the USA bombing list. Communist state has also declined to participate in the sanctions war against Moscow and recently conducted joint naval exercises with Russia and South Africa. Our government? It's already accused both Iran and North Korea of providing arms to Russia for its war, particularly drones and artillery shells. Tell you what, folks, it's getting real out there. (laughs) It is getting real. And here we are in the United States, and we're worried about things like, should I wear a dress to work today, or should I put on a suit and tie? Should I uh, act like a woman or a man? I'm not diminishing that at all. But I'm telling you, if and when the first bomb falls, none of that is going to matter. None of it will. Well, 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 our first hour gone, that means we're at the top of the second hour. And who does that mean coming in the door to talk with us? Steve Baker. Steve Baker is up next at TNN Live. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price of participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. 
ABC Tonight. It's all about big cash. Here we go. And big crash. <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. Give me some money. To win it all. The big winner of $1 million. Then host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep. On your carts, get set, yeah! And we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. You are on fire! It all starts tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Every day you have to think of what's for dinner. Well, now Subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day. It's called Dinner Tonight. Every day after 4 p.m., Subway is offering a Dinner Tonight special, which includes two regular 6-inch subs, two bags of chips, and two 21-ounce fountain drinks, all for just $11.99. This offer is available all day long on Sundays. Subway of Kodiak. Eat fresh. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And My Computer Career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Violence, screaming obscenities, heated arguments, angry crowds, roller derby? Nah. Election season. And your voice of calm is truthnewsnet.org. You know, it never matters nowadays. We're in an election cycle. <laughs> we live in a perpetual one. And Joe Biden hadn't announced yet, but... Uh, let me tell you how I know for sure he's going to run. It uh, it came out overnight that he he did, he told all his um, campaign people that he wants to run his 2026 campaign from Delaware. <laughs> oh my gosh! Everybody so far has told him they're not interested in doing that. Well, I don't know if we're going to D.C. or North Carolina, but we're going to get together with Steve Baker. Are you there, my friend? I am here, Dan. Good morning. How are you doing? I am good. I know you've been tied up and you told me that you didn't get to visit or listen to the first hour. And so I'll just tell you, uh, there are people out there beating the war drums and I'm very conservative and you're even more conservative than I am. Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Tucker Carlson weighed in and they basically they told us they're beating the war drums in Washington, D.C., and all this other stuff has been distractions, but it's getting kind of spooky over there. You got to admit, I mean, Ukraine is not just about Ukraine anymore. The Chinese are screaming about us being the invaders. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but last night, Vladimir Putin gave his annual State of the, uh, State of the Union for Russia, which is required to... And you didn't hear. Let me go back and read you one line, one little line of what he had to say. And I got to be honest with you, buddy. It was spooky to me. Um, well, I already took it down. Anyway, he pointed his finger. <laughs> well, he's, he's spooky enough as it is. Let's he, just start there. What he basically said, he said, look at what has happened in the United States uh, they've destroyed families. 
They destroyed the lives of political opponents, and they've made messing around with little kids their normal. This is a former KGB guy, communist Russia, and he's speaking to us. He talked about our attacks on the Anglican Church. We've destroyed religious belief in the United States. I can't believe a Russian guy would say that in his State of the Union address. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, I had a little happy note yesterday late, and uh, it was happy for you too. Our secretary, excuse me, our Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, he dropped a bomb on the Democrat Party by uh, he got the January 6th footage. You know, all that stuff that you, as a uh, Mm -hmm. photojournalist, didn't get to see most of. And he gave it all to Tucker Carlson. What did did you think when you found that out? Dan, I'm going to get myself in trouble by anything that I say here. And (laughs) let me tell you why, okay? Because I am in the middle of quite possibly working with Tucker's team on that video. As a matter of fact, two of his producers called me last night. They're very interested because of the work that I have been doing. And that work is leaking out and it's getting into the hands and and being seen by the eyeballs of uh, people at that level uh, in the media and other sectors as well. And that opportunity was presented to me last night and I don't yet know what form I, 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 kept, I couldn't really tell from the interview, whether it was an, uh, uh, a job interview, if it was an interrogation, if they were trying to get perspectives and analysis from me for free. I mean, they, they did tell me that there was no way that they would use any of my work without attribution. Uh, but I, I didn't get a, a specific sense of how, when, or how much of, uh, of what they wanted from me, but I will say this, that having said that and having them already express their interest in my perspective on this work and on the work they're about to do with this alleged 42,000 hours worth of video, I'm going to tell you this, Speaker McCarthy broke his promise to the American people by giving it only to Tucker Carlson. All right. So with that groundwork laid, I'm I have no problem. I have no ill will towards Tucker or Fox News with regards to that. Tucker has earned his spot as the kingpin, as the the guy sitting at the top of the heap heap of right-wing media commentary. He is the guy right now. Now that Limbaugh is gone, that torch has been passed to Tucker. And I have, as I said, no problem with that. I do have a great deal of problem with McCarthy granting an exclusive to any one media source, right, left, middle, whatever. And, and let me tell you a couple of reasons why. I know for a fact that anyone on our side of the political aisle would be screaming bloody murder right now had Nancy Pelosi, you know, stumbled to the podium with her, you know, vodka and tonic and then said, uh, I'm giving all of the January 6th videos exclusively to Rachel Maddow of MSNBC. 
And you know we would have, right? And and consequently, that's exactly what's happening on the left side of the aisle. And this is not the way transparency works. It actually only serves to further and widen the di- the divide between us. Having said that, I had uh, just a short couple of uh, messages back and forth with New York Times' Alan Pure yesterday about this very thing. Uh, Alan and I disagree on a lot. We disagree on just about everything related to politics. In fact, he and I could look at a 15-second video and both of us walk away from that video and write completely different stories from 180-degree opposite perspectives on that 15 seconds that we saw. But the one thing that Alan and I agree on is that everybody, the entire nation, should be able to see that 15 seconds worth of video and come to their own conclusions. And it shouldn't be left to only he or mine interpretation to shape the national perspective and narrative on that. Okay, let me wait. That's what bothers me about that. Let me weigh in for a second. I'm going to give you the explanation that I got from Washington for Kevin McCarthy doing that exact thing. The American people for a year have been inundated daily with the other side, the Mm -hmm. left side, exclusively. Never being impartial. The, you and I talked about them even editing your video in the January 6th trials. Trying to That's turn right. that video into a left-leaning, damning picture and view of January 6th for a year. Every night yep. on every yep. television network, it was the left perspective. And McCarthy, this is what I was told, he struggled with this very thing, but he came to the conclusion, the only way the American people will ever get everything with which to draw their own conclusions about what happened on January 6th was to see the other side, which is the bare-naked side, that's a good old Louisiana term, naked, (laughs) of it all. And the left would never, they would never expose that. They would nitpick here and there to just every day, all day long, every night, just shoot bullets at what they're going to see now with just Tucker Carlson getting that out. The purpose was to give the other side of the coin and let the people draw their own conclusions. Now, you know, I'm a journalist too. I share the same thing. You know, what we're supposed to do on both sides is give the people the facts and let them draw their own conclusions. You and I both know that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. It yeah. never does. They edit and manipulate everything, and there are a bunch of people on the right that do the same things. This is a very unique place we find ourselves in. And I mean, I got to be honest with you. You're a good friend of mine. You've been right in the middle of it. You've been immersed in everything about January 6th. You were there that day, and you've been right in the middle of it ever since. Now, you do other stuff as well. 
But this is your calling, and I understand totally. And i got to be honest with you, I would love to have a sit-down with Kevin McCarthy. I've tried so far to make that happen, but it's too early. He'll come on the show later on, I'm assured. I've been assured. And uh, I'll get a chance to ask him some questions. But I was told by somebody in that circle that that was he, he struggled with it. I mean, when the election, from the election moving forward, that was one of the big puzzles that he was going to have to deal with. He would have, as Speaker, the authority over all of that footage and what and how to do it. And he came to the conclusion, the Tucker Carlson conclusion, just to make sure that when it is released, it's not going to be chopped up and edited and presented from one side. Tucker, I think you and I both know, he's going to give the American people the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's not well, so... Let me give you, an, let, let me, Go ahead. Let me give you another perspective on this. All right. There is, and there are, ongoing trials where people's lives are hanging in the balance. Their freedom is hanging in the balance. They're about to receive 10, 20, 30-year prison sentences, and their particular legal teams do not have, their defense teams do not have the resources that the federal government has uh, to uh, launch these prosecutions. The, the federal government, the, these Department of Justice attorneys, they have virtually unlimited resources to sift through and find the inculpatory evidence in this video trove that the defense teams do not have the resources. The defendants do not have the money uh, to present an equal and opposite uh, exculpatory case for their clients. And we've seen this because, as you know, I've worked closely uh, with some of these uh, lawyers, and they they have two problems. Number one, there's too much video. 42,000 hours is is daunting to say the least. In fact, just to put that in perspective, if if you sat down tomorrow and hit the play button on 42,000 hours, and you didn't even take time to stop, analyze, collate. Uh, you know, move things around to see how people were moving from one side of the building, the Capitol building to the other. If all you did is just play it nonstop for 42,000 hours, it'll take you five years to get through that amount of video. And I can assure you, even Tucker Carlson's team does not have the manpower to adequately sift through this. But in an open source release of this, thousands of online sleuths on the left and the right would be all over this in a matter of days and would be able to extract out the types of valuable piece of inf- pieces of information to get to these defense teams in time to hopefully uh, not, not exonerate the guilty. We're not trying to do that, but to provide the perspective, first of all, if, they're, if they are innocent, that their innocence can be proven, that they weren't involved in any type of insurrection or violence against law enforcement that day, but that they, even if they were caught up by um, uh, agents provocateur, because as you know, I don't know if you've seen this, Dan, there's been body camera video released just this weekend in a major trove from a friend of mine, uh, Will Pope out of uh, Kansas, who just released some of the... Uh, Metropolitan Police body cam footage in which we have seen now conclusively, absolutely irrefutably, Metropolitan Police Department undercover agents 
waving people in and through the crowd, up the stairs, and into the building. This is the kind of information that will literally set the captives free, but we're not going to have time to do this um, and wait for it to be uh, leaked out episode by episode or special by special by however Tucker is going to do it. And again, I, I, I don't blame Tucker. I, I mean, like I said, God bless him and, and more power to him. And, and I'm sure that what we'll see from him will be great, but will it be timely? And the promise that McCarthy said is that he was going to release this to the American people. And I know, I, I know I'll give you another example of the, the, the hard work that is involved with this video. I took what is about two really solid hours of, of video that needed close, close analysis. And I had to lock myself away for two days. Just This is just two hours. I'm sorry, for five days. Just two hours of video. It took me five days to do frame-by-frame frame analysis. And even after that five full days of analysis, I've had people two years later that are still finding very peculiar and uh, hugely significant moments in my own video that I've missed. And so this uh, gentleman, Will Pope, he's also a defendant. He's facing multiple uh, felony charges for very, very demonstrably peaceful activities that he was engaged in on January 6th. And he has now spent the entirety of the last two years because he lost his job. He was a professor at the, the Kansas University. He lost his job there. And uh, so he's had two years to do nothing but go through hours and hours and hours, thousands of hours worth of video that he spent. And it's taken him two years to find that video that I just mentioned earlier of D.C. Metropolitan Police undercover uh, cops waving people into the Capitol. That's how difficult this process is. And that's my that's my criticism of McCarthy's decision. Not that he picked the wrong guy or that he um, is not going to get what he wants from uh, the Fox crew and Tucker's crew to get out the kind of information equal and opposite to what was presented by the January House uh, Committee and uh, Pelosi's selective appointed narrative. But it's that we're not going to be able to get what we need in time. And I think that we could have done that had this been released and put on a, a public server, uh, open source, and allowed all of America's sleuths to go in because a thousand or ten thousand right wing uh, guys with time on their hands to start sifting through this would would have been able to find more of this kind of information, like Will just discovered and posted uh, on Twitter this weekend. I will agree with what you just said. If there had been time, the real monster in this whole thing, this footage should have all been released two years ago. And Nancy Pelosi refused to let it be released. Um, Buddy, you're going to be in a position, your position will be if uh, you follow through and you take this task on. You'll be in a position where you can give us facts about all of this as we move forward. And I, I, I don't know Tucker personally. I've never talked to him. Um, I've watched him through his years, you know, be battered around when he was on CNN as the designated mm-hmm. conservative. Um, 
I consider his bow tie. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And I used to make fun of him because not only did he wear the bow tie, he talked like a guy that wears bow ties. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But he's a very formidable person. And uh, he, to be honest with you, I think he, in his political thinking, is more along your line, which is more conservative than mine. And um, I think he is honest enough in this that he is going to do a lot of things. And I think McCarthy, based upon what I've been told, they're in conversations. And I think it's going to be released in a different fashion from the way that uh, we're accustomed to getting this stuff. Um, And I also believe if, as it happens, the people that are still being uh, considered for sentencing and even some of the trials that haven't been uh, had yet, that if Tucker's team is notified, uh, if they notify, excuse me, if Tucker's team comes across the things that are pertinent to these trials and he has authority to do it, I think they'll release it. That's just a thought. I have no idea. You're going to be in a position to be able to determine whether that's what's going to happen. I want everybody to get and a I'll fair tell, shake. I, I want everybody. I'll tell, I'll tell you I'll tell you another little tidbit. All right. In my conversation with Tucker's producers last night, I dropped a couple of um, very specific details about information from the Capitol Police. And this is very important data that needs to be released. And even they have not been given that. And they said so to me on the phone call last night. They were like, no, we haven't been given that. I said, well, I have it. I've seen it. And the only reason I've seen it is because during the Oath Keepers trial, I signed the protective order, which gave me the legal right to view some of this and to listen to some of this evidence. And I can't myself play it. I can't myself release it. I can talk about it to a certain extent without revealing the specifics of the content, uh, otherwise getting myself in legal jeopardy. But when I told them information that I have and have seen, they're like going, no, we don't have that. <laughs> so there's still there's still a lot more info out there that's not going to be disclosed until we fight a little bit harder. And um, and probably it's going to take it, it, it's going to take this this other group that I'm working with and which is you and I have talked about it a little bit and this this D.C. group that is specifically feeding information and providing evidence that is uncovered to the new weaponization committee. And uh, in fact, I'm going back to DC on Thursday to work with them on a, on a particular project. It's actually a, an interview with a, a Capitol police whistleblower that I've developed. And then uh, in addition to that, another bomb that I dropped on Tucker's guys last night and also on the DC group was information that I just came into possession of on Sunday night. And I think that this is just truly frightening what I accidentally stumbled upon. When I say I stumbled upon it, I was contacted by someone to tell me this story. And let me give it to you in brief. I think everybody needs to understand that this is much bigger than January 6th. This is a precursor and it is a vision of what our future holds here in this country by this one little testimony. There is a lady out of 
uh, a, I'm not going to say because people will start Googling right away, but I'm just going to say it this way out of a uh, large Northeastern city who works uh, on a particular job in this city. That's a public service uh, job. And she and her boyfriend went to January 6th as just Trump supporters. She happened to be wearing a piece of clothing that identified the company that she worked for. And her and her boyfriend walked through the Capitol for about 12 minutes. They weren't involved in any uh, rioting, no violence, no property damage whatsoever. They didn't enter the doors of the Capitol until some 15 minutes after the breaches occurred. So they weren't even near, saw any violence or anything of that sort. By the time they got to the doors, the doors were open. The uh, Capitol Police officers had basically stood down and people were, you know, doing what I call their um, accidental tourism through the Capitol building. They did the same thing. 12 minutes later, they exited. They went home. 11 months later, unannounced, no warning whatsoever, she is swatted by 12 agents, you know, tactical gear, red dots on the chest, 7 a.m., arrested, taken in, and then Dan charged with misdemeanor offenses. Okay, so that's the first. I haven't even got to the punchline yet. So we've heard about this before. In yeah, fact, uh, yeah. those of you that, that heard my interview with the, the uh, FBI whistleblower Steve Friend, he refused orders from the, his superiors at the FBI to engage in swatting citizens who were only being charged with misdemeanor charges. That's why he d became a whistleblower. So we already know that this is taking place. Well, this happened to her as well. But last weekend, she went up to New York City to visit her best friend. When she got there, they decided to go out to this nightclub. And in New York City, uh, as in other places, uh, you're starting to see this. If you go out to certain events, uh, whether it's a ticketed concert or a nightclub or anything, they're starting to scan your ID before you enter. So her friend scanned her ID first and she got the green light and was welcomed in. And then they scanned this lady's ID and it came up with a warning on that ID. And the warning said in giant letters on the screen and they showed it to her, the doorman there, it said civilian warning. And he said, what, what is that? I've never seen this before. He goes, let me, let me scan it again. So she gave him the ID back. He scanned it again. Boom, this big warning flashes up on the screen. Civilian warning. He calls his manager over. They look at it. They, this is the first time they've ever seen it. What's happened, Dan, is this lady, a year after she was arrested, finally took a plea deal. She pled down to a single misdemeanor charge of parading in the Capitol. That was the charge she pled down to. She was sentenced uh, less than a week ago to three years probation, $500 fine, no prison time, misdemeanor charge, simple misdemeanor charge. And now she is on what is essentially, and this is when she called her lawyer and her lawyer called the, uh, the DC officials and said, yes, uh, you're now on what essentially uh, is a terror watch list or a misdemeanor violation. Now I can tell you, you know this for a fact, is that you can have a felony assault charge on your record from last week or 10 years ago 
and you're not on any terrorism watch list. But if you paraded through the Capitol doing no violence whatsoever and plead out to a misdemeanor offense, you're now a politically charged civilian on a terror watch list if you protest too loudly at your local school board meeting. What did they wanted to classify those people as? Domestic, Domestic terrorists, terrorists, right? Yeah. This list is being built. It is a political list. It is a weaponization of our own government against people who think, act, and vote a certain way. And the fact that this particular situation suddenly popped up, this was the first time that Tucker's guys had heard of this. This was the first time that this um, a group I'm working with in D.C., who this is what their job is, is they're working on the weaponization committee. Uh, in, in the House of Representatives, and this is the first time they've heard of that. This is chilling. This is frightening because now we're seeing it actually come into play. When is the next time for something that I say, something that I do, something that I write, something you say on this radio broadcast is going to put us on a list where we have to go scan our ID and we're denied interests into uh, the concert of our choice or the restaurant that we want to eat at. Let me take you back to when you and I were kids. We grew up in the same kind of religious surroundings. And uh, we had the the guys that would come through, the preachers that would come through and warn us. They would warn us about things that would scare us to death. When I was a teenager, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I got scared some of the, some, the stuff they were talking about. And yeah. my mom and dad always told me, Son, don't worry about that. We're going to be out of here. We're Christians. We're going to be gone when this stuff happens. And Steve, we're living it right now. We're actually right. watching it come down as our le- and they're not going out and broadcasting it and telling everybody and getting the consensus of the people when they do this. And this is the epitome of the beginning of totalitarianism. I mean, you weren't here, but I read verbatim about two paragraphs from Vladimir Putin's speech last night, and he damned the United States of America because of our perversion of yeah. of over, overthrow of Christianity. He even talked about gay marriage and sexual identity. <laughs> and here we are. You're talking about the thought police. I mean, this this woman and her boyfriend, uh, they walked through there. And granted, they weren't supposed to be there. But the process that has been put in place, which is the beginning, sounds like, smells like, looks like, totalitarianism, she's living it. She just a regular everyday citizen. Now, you and I, we both know two people. Well, we know more than two people that were there, but two that yeah. I think you've had on and I've had on this show shortly after January 6th. And they were pretty much like that friend of yours or that, or th- that woman that you were talking about. They didn't go into the Capitol, but they were all over every place, you know, 
watching yeah. everything. They, I'm sure, on a lot of videos that are out there. And they both, when they came on my show, they were hesitant to say anything because they had begun to think through what we now, two years later, are living through. And those two people that live right here in Shrewsville, that <laughs> they would not be shocked if the same thing happens to them that happened to that woman. Where do you think? Well, we're, it, I mean, it already, where, go ahead. It already has happened. Uh, individuals who did not go inside the Capitol have, in fact, been swatted. They've, in fact, had their entire lives turned up upside down. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their uh, careers. Their the their the pensions that they were building uh, towards the retirement. They've lost their families. They've lost their status in the community, and only because someone, a neighbor turned them in because they knew they went to D.C. that day and with no proof that they had done anything untoward, anything illegal whatsoever, other than just uh, attending the rally at the Ellipse that day, they were they were turned in to local authorities or to the FBI and were swatted only to discover afterwards that this person didn't even walk to the Capitol. That's not innocent before proven guilty anymore. No. No, the uh, the legal structure of First Amendment, Second Amendment, it's all in the rearview mirror now. It's all about yep. government think. Um, and with, you know, owning the entire left stream media industry and having a pipeline to everything, I mean, they don't even hide it anymore. They'll say anything they want to. They'll print anything they want to. And there's no accountability at all. Anything goes if you have the right political affiliation. Anything goes as long as you tow the company line, which is look to us for all the answers and don't do anything we don't give you specific permission to do. But if we tell you you can do it, you're fine. I mean, where are we going to go, my friend? Where are we going to go? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cliche to say it anymore, but it's true. These... uh, these individuals in government that we're talking about with that totalitarian mindset, <laughs> for some reason they read 1984 by George Orwell and they thought it was an instruction manual rather than a warning. <laughs> Do you know when he wrote that? I bet you uh, don't. It was uh, I bet published, you... in, published in uh, 49? Yeah, 1949. <laughs> Did I, I get mean, it right? I mean, was he plugged into something... <laughs> He had a little insight when he wrote it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, we're living, it. we're living it, right? I mean, he had he had the insight, and and individuals uh, like Ayn Rand, who grew up in the Soviet Union, and she grew up under Leninism, and she saw the transfer of power uh, with her own eyes from Lenin to Stalin, and and she saw the evil of the. Bolshevik movement against the people and the, the blitzkrieg literally of how they took over a country uh, that's 11 time zones large. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're, yeah we're, our contiguous United States here is just four. Russia is 11 time zones large and they took over that country with only about 25,000 <laughs> fervent followers during that time. Wow. And, and they were able to do it by 
absolute suppression of thought, fear, the intelligentsia, the, the priesthood, the religious leaders, um, the musicians, the artists, they just came into every town and it started assassinating and killing every one of them because if they could stifle creative thought, if they could stifle alternate opinions, then they were able to, in very, very quick order, change the landscape of that country. Now, we have a very different situation here in that we do have a Second Amendment, and we do have uh, that bulwark up against them taking that kind of action against us here. But they are that's why they learned um, over 100 years ago, and that's why they instituted this notion of progressivism, which is do it a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time. Here we are, Dan, 100 years later. They seem to be the precipice now, especially with the advent of the technological tools that are available to them now of now accelerating this process, not by coming in and assassinating our pastors and assassinating our uh, news teams in every single uh, city, but by coming in and putting us on these watch lists and these these lists that will prevent us from – uh, flying from uh, traveling from uh, participating in just the normal everyday things of society stop us from maybe purchasing groceries at the grocery store uh, and we all have to swipe a card somewhere someplace somehow some you know at some time now and as this list is growing how many more of us are going to be precluded from participating in normal life it, it, it reminds me of something else too other than uh, the Great 1984 by George Orwell, or Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, but it reminds me of something John the Revelator wrote in Revelation. Uh, you go to Revelation 19, 20, 21, and 22, it'll change your mind about a lot of things. Uh, the, it's a roadmap. I mean, it was written back 2,000 years ago. And we thought, oh, that could never happen. That would never happen. Let me uh, switch gears for a second. You're talking about time zones. I'm leaving uh, tomorrow. What's today? Tuesday? No. Yeah, tomorrow at noon. I'm getting on a plane and headed to Israel for 10 days. Mm. Uh, right. I'm going to be in Jerusalem. I'm going to do the show live every day from there. And there's a, still a possibility I'm going to be able to interview President, um, Prime Minister instead, excuse me, Benjamin Netanyahu. But I'm going to do the show. It's interesting. It's eight hours difference over there, which will mean all of the things we'll be doing during the day will be over. We'll be back at the hotel. And I've got everything set up. We're going to be doing the show live there. It'll be 5 o'clock there to do the show here at 9 o'clock. Do you want to do Tuesday's show next week? Me live in Israel and you live from God knows wherever you live now and work now, D.C., <laughs> North Carolina, wherever you are. But do you want to come a- aboard for the second hour next Tuesday? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? And, uh, you know, you can drag Ben on the show with us. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think he could handle both of us. <laughs> We'd have him down on his knees saying, do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, folks, but we're both Christians. He obviously, I really have thought this for many years, and I'm going to say this as we we finish up. We, let me tell you what we've done. I'm just looking at the text that I've gotten. 
we've scared a bunch of people to death talking about this this morning. Uh, but I've thought, <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I've thought for years that he's a closet Christian. I mean, you know, he 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 started his yeah. his professional career in D.C. as an investment banker. He speaks fluent right. English, um, and I doubt he would ever admit it. But I think he's a closet Christian. Wow! <laughs> I won't ask. He you could that. be. Oh, I won't ask. Yeah, you no. That. And if you did, he wouldn't answer. Hey, I'd, I'd shut the equipment off, and it'd just be me and him. And I'd look at him and say, <laughs> "Hey, Ben." do you really believe Jesus is the Messiah and wink at him? <laughs> well, Hey, we'll plan on now. Here's something that we need to consider. And I'll, I'll visit with you when I get over there, I'll be over there on Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday. Uh, and I find out the timing of some of this stuff. This is a live show. We may have to move it an hour later. So instead of being nine central time here, it'd be at 10 a.m. And, of course, this is for everybody listening in. If you miss any of the live shows next week or any time, you can always go to your favorite podcast site where we're published on, gosh, I, I think they told me the other day we're on 31 podcast distribution sites like iPod and uh, Spotify and TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, even Google carries it. And yeah. if you want to find it, just go to any site. And if you haven't done it yet and bookmarked it, it's TNN Live, and you're there. And Steve Baker has made this show what it is. I'm I'm serious. <laughs> I'm I, I was that was tongue in cheek. You know that. But you need to know this. We appreciate you uh, teaming up with us, and uh, you and I, Gene Hall, pretty well. And we think yeah. pretty much alike on most things. There we have some differences. Yeah. We're both musicians, sure. and we're both from the South, and uh, we both have kind of been Shreveport, Louisiana guys. You have more longer than I have. I've been here since 1970. But it, I think we gee and haw not because we're like-minded, but it's because we, yeah. listen, we listen to each other. Absolutely. And, hey, before we jump out of here, I do want to thank you. Uh, for posting part three of my series on the Capitol Police on the TNN website. And and I'm going to throw in before I uh, finish my own little commercial. Please do. Please that, do. That, ser- that, that series is going to continue. And um, it took me longer for part three than it did between parts one and part two because it, it took that long to really square away the information and make sure I had it right. Let me, say, know, let me say this. I, if, let me say this about that. It's stellar. It was it was riveting when I read it. I can't wait for the next part. Well, I have I have gotten more uh, positive response about part three than uh, either of the previous two, and part of that is because I did take my time. It took much longer, yeah. as I said, to make yeah. sure every jot and tittle, every you know, T was crossed, I was dotted uh, properly on that because you can't leave an open door for the other side when you're doing this type of work to have any you know, um, opening to come back at you because if you, if you, if you're 99.9% of what you've written is correct, they'll take that one, one thousandth of a percent and, uh, uh, you know, completely, uh, <laughs> make it, what, make a show out of it, make a show out yeah, of well, it. Yeah. That, 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 that's, yeah. that's, that's what they'll focus on and, yeah, and then yeah. show you that you're, you know, that you're, uh, you're, you're not a truth teller that you're, all you're doing is publishing lies. And, and so, uh, for those who can follow what we're doing on this, because I do uh, a lot 
of other things besides January 6th, but also other things related to January 6th other than the Capitol Police, obviously. And they can find me on our locals community, which is the pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com. The pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com. Please come over there. It's a free, it's free to subscribe uh, uh, as a read-only account, or you can support what we're doing. It's it's expensive uh, to do what I'm doing. And right now, I will tell you that that uh, Fox News, Tucker, or the DC committee, nobody is paying for paying me for this. This is this is out of my pocket to get this work done. But they love you. <laughs> they love me. <laughs> I had to, I had to throw that in. Listen, we appreciate you and we appreciate you being a part of this. And as I said before, it's kind of a team effort and, uh, we have some differing opinions and we put them together. I think our people are getting the right stuff that they need to go live their lives and dig in and find more facts and truth. And just because you think something's right, doesn't mean it's right. And just because you think something's wrong, doesn't mean it's wrong. And you're not stupid if you don't know something. You're stupid if you don't know something and you don't go find the facts. And that's exactly right. Steve Baker, his website, he writes incredible stuff. And uh, he's more hands on than even we are here at TNN Live. But uh, anytime you get a chance to, to go take a look at, and especially, even if you go back to our published story of part three of that, make sure you check it out. You'll be like me, waiting breathlessly for part four. Hey, buddy, uh, are you hey, gonna, are you going to be able to tell us anything anytime soon about the Tucker Carlson tie-in? I wanted to see if uh, you had yeah, a timetable. It, as soon as soon as I know what their interest is, as I said here at the, the top of our segment, is that I don't have a sense of when or how okay. they're, they're intending to use me, except that they said that they would be in touch with me frequently. They said that they would not use anything that I provide to them without attribution. And they said that uh, we intend to put you on the show and introduce you to Tucker. So there you I go. don't know, as I said, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit around waiting for any of that. I'm, I'm not uh, going to sit on my hands during that time. I got plenty to do. But just so you know this, when it happens, I'm going to be able to say, I know him. He's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Baker. Well, Thank you, buddy, for being here, and uh, we'll talk in the next couple of days. We'll be live next week from Israel. Have a great one, Steve, and keep us posted. Have a great trip, too. In a world gone mad, telling the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN, the Truth News Network. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by 2 
two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner buy two get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Talking about all this stuff using the T word, totalitarian, totalitarianism, just got a little breath of life breathed into it minutes ago. It was announced that Russian President Vladimir Putin is going to have a special guest in Moscow coming up in the next few days. Who would that be? Chinese leader Xi Jinping. And don't think that it's accidental and it just so happened that Beijing made this announcement this morning. Remember everything that's going on over there. We put out the word China. If you get involved in Russia, we're going to consider that an act of war. You heard some of the stuff if you were here early in the show. Last night, I shared a piece of Vladimir Putin's uh, Putin, <laughs> Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin's State of the Union address last night, in which he just came out and said, "If you do anything in the way of invading Russian territory or anything that you do that we perceive would be for that purpose, we will consider it an act of war." We're close, folks. We're close to that. And Xi Jinping, with that happening the same day, he says, oh, by the way, I'm going to go meet with Vlad in Moscow. Not trying to scare anybody. We're just trying to make it very clear. Sometimes and often things are not as they appear to be, especially when it comes to government and especially when it comes to international government. There's a lot of things going. There's a lot, you know, like the duck, they just seem like they're moving so smoothly across the water. When all the busy work to make that path across the water is being done down below where we can't see it. Have you thought about that? That means you can make a correlative there. That means that. There's a whole lot of stuff going on that we don't see or we don't know about. Well, let me just do this. I wanted to get into our, our segment with Steve went a little longer, but it needed to. But I wanted to get in this morning to, you know, the stuff that's happening, still happening at our southern border. 
And uh, I think a lot of the noise that comes out of D.C. that all of the news media pick up and cover ad nauseum, I think a lot of that is to divert our attention away from what's going on at the southern border or what's not going on. Stephen Miller came from the Trump administration. He is a constitutional attorney. And there's something going on regarding Biden immigration stuff that is dangerous. And you need to know exactly what they're doing. Department of Homeland Security for moving forward on this plan that would allow hundreds of thousands of additional illegal aliens to be paroled into the United States every year. Joining me now is Stephen Miller. He's founder of America First Legal and former White House senior policy advisor. Stephen, great to see you. Thank you for being here. Describe the essence of your complaint. Thank you. Well, this is DACA. If people remember that, when, when Barack Obama gave amnesty to illegal aliens already living here for future illegal aliens. So in other words, what Joe Biden is doing is he is taking a provision in federal law that allows you to admit a single person on a case-by-case basis for a truly urgent humanitarian exception. For example, like needing to go to the emergency room. And he's saying instead of doing a case-by-case test in narrow circumstances prescribed by Congress, I'm going to categorically admit hundreds of thousands, ultimately millions, of unauthorized aliens into the country and give them a quasi-legal status, give them work permits, Mm -hmm. give them access into the U.S. domestic benefit programs, and then dare somebody to come and try and revoke this status in the future. So it's a massive amnesty for people who aren't even here yet that in many cases will be flown here. In other words, they'll be given quote, parole in their home country, and then they will be flown to the United States, so they will not even be recorded in border encounters. So those monthly numbers that you're seeing won't even include large portions of this population. So we, along with the state of Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton, and a coalition of 20 states sued. And the legal argument is very much similar, again, to that DACA case, saying you do not have the authority to create right. a new immigration program this out of whole cloth. That Congress, this is something that Congress never created or authorized. This needs to come from Congress. I mean, if it's going it, it, it to, it is not an executive degree that can do this sort of thing, right? I mean, it's unconstitutional. Exactly. Yes, if you could do this, as an example, a future president could come in and he could say, well, I want five million people to come from this country. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to give them all parole. We're going to send the military aircraft. We're going to bring five million people in and we're going to declare them all paroled into the country. Yes, it is a completely unconstitutional act. It puts an enormous burden on every American state that will be receiving these unlawful migrants. And so, again, with the state of Texas, with a coalition of 20 American states, we are going to federal court and we are saying, shut this program down. By the way, uh, these are all Republican states that are joining this complaint. But the the fact is, uh, there are a lot of blue states that are having terrible trouble, too, and blue cities like New York City. I mean, you have the mayor of New York City saying he can't afford it anymore. He's spending a billion dollars or more eventually on, on the immigrants that are coming. So I, I know you have all Republicans, but is it conceivable that you could have a blue state joining you? Well, of course, we'd love that, but unfortunately, it's been my experience in life that while you have Democrats that are willing to complain, for example, like Mayor Adams, about the effects of illegal immigration, they refuse to challenge President Biden. And we see this in Congress, too. 
you will see occasionally a member of the left complain about the effect of Joe Biden's policies. But not one of them will stand up and say, I'm going to fight Joe Biden's policy. I will defund it. I will block it. I will sue over it. I will join a bill from the other side of the aisle to shut it down. So all the complaints are rendered meaningless. They are empty. It is just air. Because if you actually want to stop the effects of this on your community, on your constituents, on your country, then you have to stop the Biden policy of transporting illegal immigrants into the interior of the country. How are they ending up in New York? Because Biden is letting them go to New York, and many of them are being paroled into the country to go to New York. Stephen, another point about all this. We we are are all suffering from a horrible increase in in crime, a breakdown of law and order in a country. And I just think in the midst of that, you have the, the power, the extraordinary power of the cartels that are moving, making billions of dollars by moving all these people, but also moving drugs, of course, and then establishing themselves in communities that are already hard hit by crime in the United States. I'm wondering what kind of a hold these cartels are, not, are now having, considering the breakdown in law and order in communities that, that have trouble. And, you know, these, these people, there are some cops that are so much under the gun by, by what they can and cannot do and, and by the decrease in their, in their salaries, the decrease in what they have access to. Some, some cartel member comes by and say, hey, look, I'll give you 100000 for looking the other way. Uh, we may be having some more trouble here in terms of the establishment of the cartels in our country, quickly. Is a terrifying fact that border agents testified to in front of the Oversight Committee just a few days ago that cartels operationally control all, I repeat, all traffic across the southern border. Nobody crosses that border without working through the cartels who are making a fortune off of it. And then they are establishing operating centers in every American state, including, of course, to deal and distribute lethal drugs. So Mm. it's driving the gang violence and the drug violence in this country. And it is also driving the enforcement crimes related to the drug trade, the hits, the executions, all of that that we're seeing in the news, the drive-by shootings. And the fact that Joe Biden is knowingly executing a policy that is leading to this bloodbath really ought to be featured prominently, I would argue, in articles of impeachment against Joe Biden for the willful and deliberate suspension of our sovereign laws and borders. Well, I I remember that when the Colombians uh, began their their Miami Vice routine back in the 80s, when Pablo Escobar was was feeding cocaine to this country, it was was a horrible uh, increase in violence in cities like Miami. But this is that times 10 because it's everywhere. It's virtually in every corner of the United States. Drug trafficking and violence go hand in hand. You cannot surrender our border to narcotics traffickers and not expect to see a spiral, a massive explosion Mm. in violence in American cities, which is exactly what we're seeing. Plus, of course, the devastating overdose deaths that are wiping out an entire generation of Americans. Well, good luck with your lawsuit, Stephen. Uh, You may want to contact uh, Mayor Adams here in New York City. He may surprise you and want to join in some way. Good to see you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Wow. We don't hear about that kind of stuff. Mainstream media certainly doesn't cover it. And our White House, our president, are trying to write laws without Congress being involved in it. And it's unconstitutional. How many times in this administration has Joe Biden's executive orders 
been stricken down because they're unconstitutional. But yet, they just keep on trucking. Hey guys, great show today. Don't be fearful. Don't be. Whatever happens, it's going to work out. And we'll see you tomorrow morning live right here at TNN Live. You get it every weekday morning, 9 to 11. You guys have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet you know that ghost is me and i will never be set free as long as i'm a ghost you can't see if i could read your mind love what a tale your thoughts could tell Just like a paperback novel The kind the drugstore sells When you reach the part Where the heartaches come The hero would be me The heroes often fail And you won't read that book again Because the ending just too hard to take Who gets burned in a three-way script Into number two A movie queen to play the scene Of bringing all the good things out in me But for now, love, let's be real I never thought I could act this way And I've got to say that I just I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back If you could read my mind, love What a tale my thoughts could tell Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a well, in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet, the story always ends. If you read between the lines, you'll know that I'm just trying to understand the feelings that you lack. Never thought I could feel this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back